your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. As always, Gil Martin, glad to be with you here today. We have three great uh, local experts here to talk about some of the top stories from around the NHL. First, we are joined by Robin Lieno of Locked On Coyotes as the Arizona Coyotes got off the schneid and won their first game, so Robin will be here to talk about that. We are also joined by Josh Hyman of Locked On Blues, who will discuss that team's good start to the season, and the Anaheim Ducks are on their longest winning streak since 2018, and Jason Hernandez of Locked On Anaheim Ducks joins us to discuss that. All right, Gil Martin here of Locked On NHL. I host the Monday show every week and want to thank everybody for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Over the weekend, the Arizona Coyotes finally get their first win of the season. And here to talk about it and all things Arizona Coyotes, the co-host of Locked On Coyotes, Robin Leano. And Robin, how are you today? Uh, I'm just I'm just glad that's over. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty exciting game, five four win over the Kraken, and and I'll tell you the 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 Coyotes showed a little a little moxie there. They came back from two nothing deficit, a three one deficit. Looked like they were going to blow a lead late, and then they come back and get the game winner. Tell me first about the game and how good did it feel to finally get that first W. Yeah, you know, the, the Coyotes really needed the win. Uh, obviously, going 11 straight, tying their franchise longest uh, winless streak to start the season. They, they were they looked frustrated. And starting off the game in less than a minute in, down 2 nothing, you could tell the frustration continued. And But what's amazing is they didn't quit. Like, I saw this team. This was probably the most complete game other than that first minute that I see once they put in Scott Wedgwood instead of Kirill Vaymelka. And it's I just find it funny how scott wedgwood ends up being their savior once again feels like we're for uh what is it now uh five years four years <laughs> uh running full circle yeah got gotta be tough what what was the reaction among the fan base i mean how how did this fan base respond to this first win uh, i think I, I think everyone was just glad it was over because they're everyone was super frustrated about uh, you know, going this string. And I think every, at the same time, though, everyone bought in to the fact that this was going to be a poor season for the Arizona Coyotes. There wasn't going to be a tough start. They went th- through the top six teams in the in the league or the top, you know, 10 teams in the league in just the, the first however many games they played. So they, I mean, they, they deserved at least some kind of win. They're, everyone was hoping it'd be against Anaheim um, because they were also, they were also lower on the rankings, but um, you know, I think, yeah, everyone's just glad it's over. Everyone is glad that at least that's behind them and they can focus on what's coming next. How is the coaching staff holding up? I mean, it's got to be hard to keep everybody in the room on the same page to still have faith in the coaching staff. What, how have they handled the first 
10 or 11 games of this season so far? Um, you know, I think, yeah, coaching staff has definitely been frustrated um, because there have been those moments when the team is obviously not first not looked good. They, they just looked like they were completely out of sync. And two, you know, games where they actually did look pretty decent, they just couldn't pull off one side. Like, you know, goaltending is phenomenal, but offense couldn't put it uh, pull it together. Uh, their new coach, Andre Torney, he, he seemed patient, obviously frustrated, but patient. He's just like, you know, like once these guys start to buy in, things will start to fall into place. I saw that happen over the last week, um, you know, against Carolina and against, you know, those tougher teams last week. And I was like, it's going to happen eventually. And I, I even said it on the podcast, like, it's very, it's a very good chance it's going to happen, you know, over the weekend against Anaheim or Seattle. I don't know which one, but it's going to happen. And happen it did. Who who are some of the players who give Arizona fans reason for optimism so far now that we're through, you know, the first chunk of the schedule? Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and point out to uh, the player who ended up getting uh, first star credits in the uh, in the game against the Kraken, and that's Lawson Kraus. You know, last year, Lawson Kraus uh, had a, probably a pretty unlucky season, so to speak. You know, he kept hitting goalposts, kept hitting the crossbar. Um, and, in, you know, he just definitely seemed frustrated off of that. And now I think he's five goals in, two goals in, in uh, Saturday's game, including the game winner in, like, the final minute of the game. And uh, if this is a sign of, you know, how the future of the Coyotes might be, you know, that kind of play style, I'm – you know, I think Coyotes have a lot to look forward to. How about the play of Shane Gostisbehere? I mean, he he's leading the team right now uh, in scoring, uh, eight assists already through twelve games. What has he added to the to the mix for this team this year? You know, Gostisbehere, I, I I've I, I've I've praised him on my podcast numerous times, not just in the scoring side, but also in the defensive side. I think there was a moment where. Uh, a couple weeks ago, or even la- it was actually a game last week where uh, he, um, you know, swept the puck away from probably inches from the goal line on the defense. Like he, um, so he's been helping both sides uh, um, of the ice, and I think that's what the Coyotes were intending to do when they brought him in. Uh, they obviously saw that contract and it's like, yeah, he's an overpaid guy, but this guy can still play. He's still a phenomenal defenseman, and I think he can fit into our system. And you know, he has. I think. Fitting in perfectly would be my way of saying for Shane Gossespierre. Talk to me a, a little bit about Phil Kessel. I mean, a lot of media people speculating, oh, he's trade bait. Is he trade bait? When, if, you know, if they do look to move him, is it, are we talking closer to the trade deadline? And how is he fitting in right now? Yeah, there's been a lot of chatter over the last couple of months, really, of Phil Kessel wanting to leave the Arizona Coyotes. He, he came initially a couple of years ago because of Rick Tockett. You know, he wanted to play under Rick Tockett and, um, you know, obviously being in the um, latter end of his career, he's like, OK, I, like, you know, I'll, I'll go play for this guy. Um, and uh, once Tockett left, he's he kind of seemed a little frustrated. He knew his team was going to be rebuilding. He knew the team was going to be bad. Everyone's like, all right, he's going to want out. Uh, his performance right now is only helping him right now, like, you know, make that trade base. So I think he is, I think he's going to get traded this season. I don't know when exactly. Um, I think it's sooner rather than later. Um, and like, I think he just has to keep his performance up to keep the value high. So the Arizona Coyotes can actually get an asset out of it. Cause I don't, 
think they will trade him unless they know they can get a decent return from him. What do you think they're looking for in exchange? Ah, oh, man. Um, I, it's hard to tell with Bill Armstrong because you could see what he's done in, over the offseason, just all of a sudden acquiring second rounders and first rounders out of nothing. I I mean, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they get like a second round, a second and a third rounder from him. Yeah, that'd be interesting. G- give me a couple of players who you know nationally uh, fans may not know a lot about, but you're watching this team game in and game out, even while they've been struggling. Who has sort of been an unsung hero for the Coyotes? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll point, and I think he's starting to get the attention um, to the uh, the goaltender Karel Vemelka. Uh, when Carter Hutton went out with the injury, Vemelka kind of went three straight games, and uh, he's been impressive in almost every single game he's played. I think there's a couple times when you know he faltered the first minute against Seattle as an example, but here's an example that he has been like probably like a, a, a rock for the team. You know, he would go ahead and save the Coyotes games and make it a much closer game than in, in where they probably shouldn't be. The game against Carolina, a perfect example of that. That game probably should have been like, you know, six to one. Yeah. Um, but ended up being just like a, you know, a two goal game, like two nothing or two one or whatever it was. Like it, it was a much closer game than it should have. Um, so uh, Van Melka has been a huge savior for them on that side. All right, r- real quick, going to talk a little bit about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors, best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So, Robin, before we close up here, a meeting with the Blackhawks coming up in a couple of days, uh, a chance to get out of the division cellar here for Arizona. Talk to me about that upcoming game and what what another win might mean if Arizona can pull it off. Yeah, I mean, I um, I was talking about this actually just only only a couple of, a couple of days ago too. You know, I was looking towards that next back to back. They got um, you know Nashville and and Chicago coming up and. You know, I think that is a good opportunity for them to um, come out of the cellar, like 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 what you said. I mean, like I think they're still going to be, you know, around that bottom. But I think, uh, you know, at least get these a couple extra games will be more of a, a confidence booster for them than anything else. This team needs the uh, needs the confidence for the future. Um, they know they're not going to win a lot of games this year, obviously, as evident of the first eleven games of the season. But the um, but winning games, you should, and I think, um, and finding ways to build a kind of winning culture. I think that's what the point of the rebuild is for the Arizona Coyotes. All right, Robin, why don't you let our listeners know where they could find you on social media and where they could find the podcast? 
Yeah, so you can uh, find me on on Twitter. I am at Robin underscore Lanyo. That's uh, Robin with a Y. Um, and you can find me there, our podcast at LO underscore Coyotes. Uh, again, we're available everywhere, everywhere you get your podcast there. All right, Robin, thanks so much for joining us and good luck to you and the Coyotes along the way. All right, thanks, Gil. I uh, want to thank everybody for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms right now. It's my pleasure to welcome in the co-host of Locked On Blues, Josh Hyman. Josh, your team is off to a, an incredible start this season. What do you think has been the biggest key to their early success? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, It's been a really fun start. Uh, I think there were a lot of high expectations going in. The roster looked really, really strong on paper, and I think that's been consistent with the past few seasons. Um, and I think this year is no different. And the team came out and sort of, I think, it surpassed my expectations. Um, and I think a lot of fans' expectations as well, especially with Tarasenko trade rumors sort of muddling the excitement um, for the regular season. But with that all died down and Vladimir Tarasenko having one of the hottest starts he's had in his career, uh, I think it goes to that the offense to this team has sort of been carrying the weight um, at the start. But lately we've seen a, a sort of a reverse story in where the defense has been carrying um, the, the, the weight of the St. Louis Blues. So I think overall it's depth and consistency um, because they've had a lot of man games lost due to COVID and injury already. Ryan O'Reilly's back in the lineup tonight um, after missing four games. So they've had to really uh, put their depth to the test and it's, shined so far um contributions up and down the lineup and that's led to this hot start talk to me about tarasenko does the fast start change anything as far as whether he stays or goes uh do you think that the desire to get out of town is motivating his strong play how how is this all fit in so far this season yeah i i we've talked about this so much on locked on blues and one of the things that i've been saying lately um that i've been trying to keep in mind <laughs> is that we had an eight-month-long situation where Tarasenko requested trade, and now here we are. And all we sort of had was four tweets and two athletic articles to sort of formulate our entire outlook of the trade situation. Um, and now, obviously, considering that he's still out there playing literally as we speak, goes to show that it wasn't as serious and drastic and destroyed relationships as we might have been led to believe at the beginning. Uh, do I think that it's all... You know, happy ending, 91 will be in the rafter someday. Not entirely, but at this point in time with the team having the start that they're having and Tarasenko having the start that he's having and looking as good as he does on the power play and having strong line mates that he seems to have really good chemistry with, there's really no rush for either side, I think, to, to accelerate this. Um, I could totally see, you know, if at the trade deadline there's still uh, – you know, firing all cylinders and Tarasenko still does one out. If that's sort of your worst case scenario, I think it would be something that would happen in the off season. Uh, but unless this team shows any signs of slowing down, there's no way Tarasenko gets dealt anytime during this regular season. I, and I hope that's, I hope that's not just healthy optimism, but to me, that's what makes the most sense. One thing that's been great for the blues on both sides is special teams. Second in the league on the power play second on the league in the PK what, what's been the key to the success there? Yeah, um, I think the Blues have especially recently struggled at 5v5, but historically they've always had a lot of success um, on special teams. I know during the cup run they were really, really strong as well on the penalty kill. Um, and I think that goes to Craig Berube's system. 
Um, you got guys like Oscar Sundquist who came over in a throwaway trade who hasn't been playing this season so far, but turned into one of the best penalty killers on this team. And I think Craig Ruby does a really good job of bringing um, defensive ability out of his two-way forwards and more of his two-way players. Um, and, and it just seems like when they're on the power play, they're on the penalty kill. They're not really letting up a whole ton of high danger scoring opportunities. It's no real one guy that's going out and just making life difficult for opposing power plays. It's just they're playing strong position, strong position based hockey um, and just making it very difficult to get high danger scoring opportunities. Uh, and they've also been taking a ton of penalties, which has probably helped their numbers. But at the same time, until... Um, it becomes an issue with teams scoring a ton of power play goals. I think that the system is working and it's only going to be more important as the season goes on. You know, these uh, games down the stretch and especially playoff games, that can come down to power play goals and penalty kills. So it's a strong sign to start the season for sure. Talk to me about Robert Thomas, not a household name necessarily, but off to a pretty impressive start this yeah. year. He's on the back of this jersey. Um <laughs> He is a guy that I think for the longest time has shown the potential and the stat sheet is sort of the last thing that shows up for him. He's always making the right passes and in the right position. Um, not necessarily a primary goal scorer. That's not his biggest strength. He can obviously get him if he, if he has the opportunity, but his biggest strength is finding the, finding the right pass, making the right read. Um, and I think it was sort of tough for him in previous seasons to prove that statistically just because he wasn't getting the ice time. He wasn't necessarily playing with as talented line mates, but this year with the depth that the team has and sort of the, the COVID absence with O'Reilly and the opportunity to move up in the lineup, he's proved that when he's playing significant, consistent ice time and when he's not just getting the opportunity to set up one pretty pass a game, when he's doing it pretty much every other shift, the points start coming as well. Um, the youth of this team overall has been huge. Jordan Cairo with another huge start to the season. And Robert Thomas, again, up there uh, with near the team leading points. I think he only has one goal, but he's racking up the assists. So it's it's been very inspiring to see the youth uh, start the season so hot for the Blues. What has been the difference for Jordan Biddington this year? He's off to a much better start than he was a year ago. Yeah, I think a big thing with Jordan Biddington is confidence. Um, and I think the defense... Uh, overall at times last year lacked structure and that led to Jordan Bennington sort of losing a little bit of trust in the team and feeling like he had to make the the heroic saves a little too often. Um, and I think this season, like I said, the Blues have been doing a really good job overall of preventing the high danger scoring chances. Now that doesn't mean that he's not, you know, robbing guys left and right because he is, but I think when those chances are coming, uh, few and far between rather than seemingly every other play, you know, odd men rush. It allows him to settle in. Um, I, and I think it goes back to structural rot. I think the Blues are just playing really sound hockey. And at the start of the season, they were scoring six, seven goals a game, which let Jordan Bennington settle in because he's been so much stronger in these past few games than he was at the start of the year. It just helped that the Blues were putting up five and a half goals a game for the first two weeks of the season. So when he inevitably allowed four goals on some tricky shots, it, it didn't hurt him too much, and he was allowed to settle in. And now he's throwing pitch and shutouts um, and playing really, really strong hockey. So I think the biggest thing for him is he kind he of had some a little bit of leeway for his confidence to build, and it's working wonders so far. Give me a, a, the name of a player who's been a big contributor to the Blues' success this year who doesn't always show up in the box score, who you know a casual NHL fan may not recognize, but someone who watches the team game in and game out will point to that player and say, yeah, 
he's been a difference maker? Oh, that's a good question. I think there's been a lot of those, and I think that's been sort of the the recipe for success that the Blues have had. But one that really sticks out for me is Ivan Barbashev. Um, he's had a lot of bottom six time over the past few seasons and has looked really, really strong um, in that time. You know, fills the Craig Ruby role perfectly, two-way forward, uh, monster on the puck, you know, may, never never an easy puck battle when he's going in there. And this year he's had an increased role um, playing with Tarasenko and I want to say Buchnevich at times, um, sort of that Russian connection. And he has taken the extra ice time and flown with it. Uh, he had a point streak going to start the season. I think it was five or six games. Uh, he's just everywhere on the puck, flying up and down the ice, always working the hardest out of everyone out there. And that's not a knock to everyone else. That's just because how, how hard he skates up and down the ice, going in for puck battles in the corner, something that, you know, it seems like defensemen skating over there sort of casually. And all of a sudden, here comes Ivan Barbashev, making them work just that much harder, make that pass that much quicker. So he's been one of those guys where every time he's on the ice, it's either a a defensive play or an offensive chance that has sort of come, but he's been a really good contributor for the blues for years in the past. And I think he's been one of the guys that takes advantage of the, the early COVID absences and injuries. And he's looked really, really strong. All right. <clears throat> this episode is brought to you by indeed. Want an all-star team? You need an all-star hiring partner. You need indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So before we let you go, why don't you uh, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and where they can find the podcast? Awesome. Yeah. uh, You can find, first of all, you can find me on social media at Josh Hyman NHL and my co-host Tommy T. Welcher 15 um, all our socials, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Lockdown Blues. And then we just started YouTube about a month ago. We've been doing all our episodes live on YouTube at Lockdown Blues. So definitely subscribe to us there. Um, we like to do live live stream episodes with chat. So if you want to come in and chat with us while we do it, that's a lot of fun. Make sure you hit that subscribe button there. All right, Josh Hyman, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, Gil Martin here on the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, and it's my pleasure to welcome to the show the host of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, Jason Hernandez. Always great to have you here, Jason. And uh, four games in a row, four games in a row for the Ducks. What's what is the big secret behind it? I'll say they're playing mightily right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing that I've noticed is the Ducks are playing with a little more confidence. And I've used this hashtag plenty of times, so I'm just going to yell it out for all the people watching. Let the kids play! Hashtag <laughs> let the kids play. Mason McTavish is back. Jamie Drysdale doing his thing. Zegris is out right now, but it's a lot of the other young kids. Bo Grew, the 21-year-old, got his first NHL goal on Sunday night. And I have to talk about Troy Terry. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Troy Terry 
now has an 11 game point streak. He's got a point in 11 consecutive games. He's already surpassed his goal total from last season. He's putting up some career numbers. And I just want to point out this list because I thought it was kind of absurd. So his point streak is at 11 games. That is among the highest for the Ducks. And just above him on that list, these are some big names. You ready for this, Gil? Go ahead. 12 games. Paul Correa, Tame Solani. 13 games, Tame Solani. 14 and 15 games, Ryan Getzloff. 17 game point streak, Tamu Solani in 99. And the longest point streak in Ducks history, 19 consecutive games between October 21st and December 1st, 2009 by Corey Perry. There you go. So when, you, when you're on a list with Corey Perry, Tamu Solani, Ryan Getzloff, and Paul Correa, the probable Mount Rushmore of the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> That's saying something right there. That really is. That that really is. What is it about Troy Terry's game that has improved so much this year that he's off to such a hot start? Well, I covered Troy Terry when he was a San Diego goal. And one of the things that he was trying to do, he was trying to press a little bit too much and not let the game come to him. He was trying to do too much too fast. And he would wind up you know, scoring goals left and right. It worked in the American League. But when you get to the National Hockey League, it doesn't translate as much, and you can't be too selfish. You have to learn to play with your linemen, play with your teammates. That's a big thing. What's helped him this season is putting Troy Terry on a line with Ryan Getzloff, who's always been very adept at passing, adept at getting those primary assists. Uh, Ryan Getzloff was a big story in the NHL last week when he surpassed Tamu Solani for the franchise record for most points for the Ducks. So, yeah, uh, Tim Solani had 988 points with the Ducks, and Getzloff just passed that. And the recipient of those Getzloff primary apples is Troy Terry. So having them on a line together, I think Getzloff has helped boost his confidence. That's the main thing, is Troy Terry is playing with a lot more confidence. He's playing with a lot more finesse. He's really learning how to play much better on on that particular line it's one that should not be broken up right now and looking analytically they're kind of starting to get up there as one of the better lines in the league believe it or not i believe it i believe it you know the other thing that the ducks are doing very well special teams both the pk Mm -hmm. and the power play how big of an impact has kevin shattenkirk had as the power play quarterback I'm glad they're finally using Shat- well two things. Shattenkirk's finally being used in a proper power play setup, and also Shattenkirk's finally playing completely healthy. Uh, he apparently had a little bit of like not injury, but he wasn't a hundred percent pretty much all of last season. I know he had just come off of a long extended Stanley Cup final run the previous year. He had what two three months off, if that. And now Shattenkirk finally got a ton of rest this past offseason. That's done nothing but wonders. So him actually winning those 50-50 puck battles, something that had eluded him in the past season, that helps. Having him on the on the power play line with the kids. Like I said, Troy Terry. Bo, not, not Bo Groove. No, Troy Terry gets lost on that line too. But then you have Jamie Drysdale once in a while when they do like the 2D. Zegris when he's healthy, and someone else that I do have to mention, Sonny Milano, mm. also on that same power play line, has really done well 
with Kevin Shattenkirk on that particular power play unit and another name, another kid that's helping the older guys kind of resurrect their season. Shattenkirk being one of them. Uh, something else that Shatty is doing a lot better this season is he's making the smarter passes. Um, I know this is kind of like an insider, like a hockey stats term, but he's helping create more passes through the Royal Road. A lot more passes through the slots, a lot more effective passes where they get in that trapezoidal area to create high danger chances, which has really helped propel the Ducks to become one of the, I don't want to use the word elite. I'm, I'm afraid to use that word right now <laughs> because it's a small sample size, but their power play is much more effective than in the previous three seasons. And I think uh, the assistant coaching staff that has been to do with it, Coach Ward, Coach Stuthers, they've really helped iron out some of the wrinkles in that power play unit. Another player who I think often gets overlooked but has been very effective for the Ducks early on, how about Adam Henrique? How about Adam Henrique? Uh, you talk about a guy who's overcome a ton of adversity from last season, from being cut to nearly leaving the Ducks. And then all of a sudden, throughout the summer, he worked on his game. He he didn't let all the naysayers say, oh, get rid of him. No, he won gold in the World Championships with Max Comtois. He was captain of that World Championship team. Something that Henrique has done differently this season is become more of a leader, become more of a mentor to the young guys and kind of teaching them how to play the game, right? You know, just kind of like put your head down, put the work in, be unselfish. That's helped him on his game too. So I, I've liked seeing what's come out of Adam Henrique this season, kind of the redemption tour of Adam <laughs> Henrique this season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, you, there's a few players who are sort of on redemption tours, as you say. I mean, yeah. Silverberg off to a very, very hot start. Uh, yep. Eight points in his first nine games. Not not necessarily what a lot of people expected. I expected it. <laughs> I expected that of Silverberg. I've, I've always thought he's been a solid player. He's I always, like him. Yeah, he's always good for a good amount of points per season. Uh, he hasn't played every game so far this season, but... The ones that he has played, he's been effective. And you mentioned Shattenkirk, you mentioned Henrik. This is also kind of not a redemption tour. I don't want to say a farewell tour either because Ryan Getzloff, there were some people saying, oh, Getzloff's going to go somewhere else this season and they'll get rid of that albatross of a contract. We got to talk about Getzloff coming back to a much lesser money contract, taking much less money and really becoming a humongous mentor to these kids, like I mentioned, uh, Getzloff just passed Tammy Solani. Uh, I don't know if everyone's aware, but Getzloff's coming up to a huge milestone and no one's talking about it. And what is that? A thousand points, a thousand career points. Why is no one talking about that? I'm going to have to be the one to tell everyone, hey, guess what? Thousand points. That's coming up soon, very soon. I predict it'll come late this month. Okay. So you, you, might, you might see me at the pond to applauding and maybe tearing up because a thousand points oh my gosh it's impressive not a yeah, lot we, of we gotta talk we gotta talk about him more i think we do we yeah. do and his place in history as well you know what i'm gonna come out and say it despite what some other certain people are saying no 
Getzi's a Hall of Famer. He's a future Hall of Famer, and it's not just because of his NHL stats. I look at his international accolades as well. He's played very well in Team Canada time in and time out. You have to look at that as well. Look at the World Juniors, etc. He's a Hall of Famer. I, I would think vote he's for a, him. Yeah, I'd vote for him too. I would I vote for him. Now, the jury's out on first ballot. Who, right. who, cares, who cares if it's not first ballot? I still think he's a future Hall of Famer, and I think getting to that thousand point marker will help cement it. Yeah, that should that should definitely put him over the top on a few people's uh, a few people's lists. I would hope so. Real quick, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You could feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upward of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate, low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein. And there'll be new surprises at Built.com all month. Limited time flavors arriving regularly, so check the site often. And there's nothing like Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. One of my favorite flavors, by the way, the cookie dough chunk. Oh, nice It's really, really good. It is good. It, it, it is good. I'm, I'm going to piggyback off that promo really quick. Um, I just qualified for New York Marathon next year. Congratulations. And, you know, I had a I had a built bar, you know, <laughs> during that run. Helped a little it, bit. It so certainly must have. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Jason, why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers where they can find you on social media and where they can find the podcast? They could find the podcast at Locked on Anaheim Ducks, which is free and available across all platforms, including Odyssey, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Smoke Signal. Oh, I'm kidding. Not Smoke Signal. <laughs> or Ham Radio. Or maybe maybe a certain generation will know Ham Radio. Smoke Signals. You have smoke that signals. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We have we have it all telegraphed. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and also on the Twitters, you could find my personal Twitter at StimpyJD, as in that cartoon that your parents probably didn't want you to watch as a kid, but <laughs> StimpyJD. And the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. All right. But right now, right now, I am locked on Patos de Anaheim since we just celebrated <laughs> Dia de Muertos. And I love Cap it. And Capitan Getzloff. Why didn't I mention that? Oh, by the way, nickname from now on. Ryan Getzloff's nickname is Capitan Getzloff. I love it. I love it. Jason Hernandez, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, good luck to you and the Ducks along the way. Gracias, senor. All right. All right that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank all of our local experts for joining us today. I want to thank Josh Hyman of Locked On St. Louis Blues, Robin Leano of Locked On Arizona Coyotes, and of course Jason Hernandez of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. We'll be back next week with another great episode, and of course 
Locked On NHL is available every Monday through Friday with more of the latest news from around the National Hockey League. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.